Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs, to the podcast talking about Thomas Hood. Thomas Hood suffered ill health. Swim says the mama fishy said. Um, most of his life, most likely because of rheumatic fever, heart disease, it wasn't included in Book of Verse, but one of his most famous poems is The Song of the Shirt. It's quite good. It was written in honour of Mrs. Bidal, a widow and a seamstress living in wretched conditions. In what was at the time common practice, Mrs. Bidal sewed trousers and shirts in her home using materials given to her by her employer for which she was forced to give a $2 deposit. In a desperate attempt to feed her starving children, Mrs. Bedell pawned the clothing she had made, thus accruing a debt she could not pay. Mrs. Bedell, whose first name was not recorded, was sent to a workhouse and her ultimate fate is unknown. Though Hood was not partic- politically radical, his work, like that of Charles Dickens, contributed to the general awareness of the condition of the working class, which fed the population, popularity of trade unionism and the push for stricter labour laws. So the Song of the Shirt. It's weird that his most famous one didn't make it into the book. I thought they were okay. They were kind of rhymy, but they were okay. Regarding Hail and Farewell, I bought the Delphi Classics Complete Works of George Moore ebook through the Google Play books for around $3 US a while ago. For Hail and Farewell, the page length is around 628 pages, and my version has 50 chapters over three volumes, which works out to about 12.5 pages per chapter. The longest chapter was 21 pages. Okay, well that's not as bad as what I thought. Um, the Gutenberg version... I think is must be different because it just looks like it's yeah very few chapters I think it was like 10 chapters or something so I don't know how they can be that different but there we are um we'll figure it out we've got a while to figure it out but which version will we read I, I like to read the public domain version um so that people can read along for free uh, if they want. Um, but at the same time, if there's a, a much better version or if there's big differences like that, then maybe, maybe not. Or maybe there's something in between, you know, a different public domain version or something like that. Anywho, not to worry. We'll figure that out. Let's read some poetry. William Thom is our first poet uh, 1798 to 1848, 50 years old. The Blind Boy's Pranks is the first poem. Men grew so cold, made so unkind. Love kent a to stay. Why fient an arrow bow or string would droop in hard and drizzling wing. He fought his lonely way. Is there no mare in Griach fair? A spotless hame for me. A politics in corn and key. Look bosom strapped fire or fee. I'll swith me over the sea. He launched a leaf for jasmine, own wilk he dowed to swim, and pillow his head on a weaver's bud sin lathful, lanely lavgan scud down Uri's wayful stream. The birds sang Bonnie as love drew near, but dewy but dowie when he goed by, till lulled with his so ammoni sung, he slipped full sound and sailed along. Neath heaven's golden sky. 
"'Twas just where creeping Yuri greets its mountain cousin Don. "'There wandered forth a wheel for dame, "'while Whistless gazed on the bonny stream "'as it flirted and played with a sunny beam "'that flickered its bosom upon. "'Love happed his head, a true that time. "'The jessamine bark drew nigh, the lassie spied the wee rosebud, "'and a her heart gave thud for thud, and quite it wouldn't adult lie. O oh, gin I but had yon weary wee flower that floats on the Uri say fair. She looted her hand for the silly rose leaf, but little wist she of the porky thief that was lurking in laughing there. Love glowed when he saw her bonny dark eye, and swore by heaven's grace he never had seen nor thought to see since ever he left the Paphian Lee, so lovely a dwelling place. Sin first of all in her brithesome breast he built a bower I ween, and what did the were foo devilic least, but kindled a gleam like the rosy east that sparkled from bath er even, and then beneath ilk high even bree he placed a quiver there, his bow, what but her shining brow, o oh, and o oh, sick deadly strings he drew, throughout her silken hair. Good be on guard, sick deeds were indeed round an or our country then, and moaning a hanging lug was seen among farmers fat and lawyers lean and herds of common men. And that's that one. I've got no idea what that was about. That was far too uh, Gaelic for me, <laughs> for my understanding. Sir Henry Taylor is our next poet. 1800 to 1886, Eleanor's Song is the poem. Quoth tongue of neither maid nor wife, to heart of neither wife nor maid, lead we not here a jolly life betwixt the shun and shade. Quoth heart of neither maid nor wife, to tongue of neither wife nor maid, thou waggest, but I am worn with strife and feel like flowers that fade. Thomas Babington Macaulay, Lord Macaulay, 1800-1859, is our next poet, Jacobite's Epitaph. To my true king I offered free from stain, courage and faith vain, faith and courage vain. For him I threw lands, honours, wealth away, and one dear hope that was more prized than they. For him I languished in a foreign clime, grey-haired with sorrow in my manhood's prime, heard on Lavernia Scargill's whispering trees, and pined by Arno for my lovelier Tease, beheld each night my home in fevered sleep. Each morning started from the dream to weep, till God, who saw me, tried to sorely gave the resting place I asked an early grave. O thou, whom chance leads to this nameless stone from that proud country which was once mine own, by those white cliffs I never more must see, by that dear language which I spake like thee, forget all feuds, and shed one English tear over English dust a broken heart lies here. William Balms is our next one. Matter Dolorosa. I'd a dream tonight as I fell asleep. Oh, the touching sight makes me still to weep of my little lad. Gone to leave me sad, eh, the child I had but was not to keep. As in heaven high, I my child did seek. There in train came by child, children fair and meek. Each in lily white with a lamp alight. Each was clear to sight, but they did not speak. Then a little sad came my child in turn, but the lamp he had, oh, it did not burn. He, to my to clear my doubt, said, half turned about, your tears put it out, mother never mourn. 
the wife a lost. Since I knew more dizzy your face upstays or down below, I'll zit me in the lonesome place where flat bow beech do grow. Blow the beech's bow, my love, where you did never come, and I don't look to meet you now as I do look at home. Since you no more be at my side in walks of Zamahet, I'll go alone where amidst to ride a drew trees and dripping wet. Below the rain wet bow, my love, where you did never come, and I don't grieve to miss you now as I do grieve at home. Since my beside my dinner board, your vase did never sound. I'll eat the bit I can avoid, a veiled upon the ground. Below the darksome bow, my love, where you did never dine, and I don't grieve to miss you now, as I at home do pine. Since I do miss your vase and face, in prayer and eventide, I'll pray with wound sad vase for grace to goo where you do bide. Above the tree and bow, my love, where you be gone of awe, and be awaiting for me now to come for evermore. Uh, and that's that one. I've got no idea why it was written like that, but uh, it was. And that's our poems for tonight. Good one, folks. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.